Let's just say a prayer as we come to God's word. Our God, we pray that your living word might live in our hearts today for our blessing and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm now going to read three short pieces of scripture to you, and beginning in Psalm 119, verses 89 and 90. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. And secondly, Acts 5, verses 30 and 31. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior. And thirdly, Acts 16, verse 30 and 31. Then the jailer brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. We've arrived at the 1st of January, 2023. Now just pause for a minute. We've never been here before. The sun has never risen on this day before. We live a year at a time, a day at a time, or as one elderly lady said to another, no, my dear, it's moment by moment. I think she's right. Yet God surveys all the yesterdays, the todays, and all the tomorrows to come. So on the 8th of September last year, Queen Elizabeth II died. But way back in 1939, when she was 13 years old, she handed her father, King George VI, a poem, which he then used in his Christmas speech that year to guide the people as they looked towards the uncertainties of the coming year. Listen to the words the king quoted. And I said to the man who stood at the gate of the year, Give me a light that I may tread safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be better to you than light and safer than a known way. Today, I encourage you all to put your hand in the hand of God as we enter the year 2023. Uncertainties there will be, but today on the 1st of January 2023, let us explore the certainties of these verses I have read about three things that are eternally fixed in heaven. God's word, Jesus' exaltation, and our salvation. And be assured that God will hold your hand. Why is this verse 89 where it is in Psalm 119? Because prior to this, the psalmist had been overwhelmed by the storms of life. But in verse 89, 
He has overcome and is anchored on the eternal stability of God and his word. And he's standing on the promises of God. He was down at the low keys on his piano and suddenly all changes. And with a resounding note, he's at the top end of the keyboard and has hit the heights forever. It's like the hallelujah chorus in Handel's Messiah. Forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forever, O Lord. Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. This is the Mount Everest of the exaltation of God and his divine word. Eternal and firmly fixed and reflected in his faithfulness to all generations. This indeed is a declaration of the all-sufficiency of the Bible. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God abides forever. Let me give you an example from history on our own doorstep. This church you're sitting in today was built on a hilltop in 1771. That's a long time ago. 252 years ago. Wow, somebody had a God-given vision that we'd be in it today. It was built as a chapel of ease for the weavers and the others who lived nearby to provide a local place of worship for them rather than having to walk all the way to St. Macher's at Old Aberdeen. It was called Gilcomston Church. And in 1801, James Kidd was appointed minister and preached here until he died. You will notice on the memorial plaque in the foyer that he died on Christmas Eve, the 24th of December, 1834. He preached three times on a Sunday and around how many? 1,000 would come to hear each sermon. This church in its original format with the ground floor and the balconies upstairs, was built to hold, and the architect was very exacting, 1,234 people. One, two, three, four. You got it? Yeah. And in those days, 1,000 would come to every sermon. And at the end of his sermons, the street outside would be lined with children waiting to see him. And he would speak to each one of them as he walked along the street. No wonder he set up a Sunday school. And as the memorial plaque records, the love of the Savior was his favorite theme. The young were the objects of his tenderest solicitude. And on the day of his funeral... Work stopped in Aberdeen, and the whole city mourned. Why do I tell you this? Because 200 years ago, the word of God and the gospel were preached effectively in this church. And we continue today with that cloud of witnesses gone before, and the Bible still open in front of us. 
The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. Now note that in this verse, verse 89, it is word, not words. Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. It's encompassing all that God has declared in eternity. It is firmly fixed in heaven, unchangeable. Its foundations established by the creator of the universe. God's word was not made up as time went along. God determined all that would happen in the world from the beginning to the end of time. And an outline was revealed to men by the Holy Spirit and written down in Scripture. God's word in the Bible was firmly settled in heaven before it was written in the Bible. We look around the world today, and in the 21st century, we have seen much that has changed in relationships and families and nations, often not for the better, resulting in the moral degradation of society, the Bible set aside as outdated and not applicable in today's culture, the truth of God disregarded for alternative lifestyles and even the rights of the unborn child. But God's truth still determines right and wrong. And the shifting sands of progressive thinking do not alter God's instructions to mankind. It holds true for every generation, and we cannot choose what we believe in it or don't believe in it. It is not a religion of man. It is of God. And just think about it. Who first challenged God's word? It was Satan. And ever since Satan asked Eve, did God actually say God's word has been challenged, but nothing eradicates it in heaven. Established in eternity past, rooted in history, and living today in the hearts of believers to be fulfilled in times to come and eternity. And as Spurgeon preached the gospel time and time again, he said, you may say that I am stuck in the mud, but I say, I'm standing on the rock. Heaven and earth may pass away, but God's words will never pass away. More than that, not one jot or tittle shall fail. The tiniest detail shall not fail. Another has said, when the hammers of unbelief are worn out and discarded, the anvil of God's truth remains. And so amid the crumbling dust of governments and nations, we believe the Bible because we know God holds tomorrow and Jesus would tell us to always ask the question, is it of heaven or is it of men? Now I've brought an old Bible with me today. I wonder what size you think it is. Is it bigger than this one? Let's go and find out. Watch this. Ah! I don't know how heavy this Bible is, but there it is. 
inscribed on the side, Holy Bible. Inscribed on the front, Gilcomston Church, 1845. It's rather large, and it held a special place in this church that many years ago. And it would have lain open on the pulpit lectern so that anyone could read it at any time. Even if there was no preacher here, it would have lain open on the pulpit lectern. The Word of God was here, though nothing else was. Next time you look at your compact Bible, like this one, or your mobile screen, remember this Bible, because it tells you something. Technology advances, but what you are reading, God's Word is firmly fixed in heaven. It's getting heavy. I'm going to lay it down. Now consider this. I'm encouraging you to trust in God. The reflection of a moon in a still pond gives a perfect image. But if a few minutes later a breeze blows over the pond, the surface waters ripple, the reflection is shaken and distorted. But look up. The moon has not changed It remains fixed in its course through the heavens. That pond is like our life. At times it is disturbed, but look to heaven. God's word is fixed there. His faithfulness is forever sure to all generations. Luther said, God's word is not unique or modern, but eternal. And the psalmist later wrote, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And further, he said, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great treasure. My second point is concerning Jesus. Jesus' victory is firmly fixed in heaven. That's what we read in Acts 5. Jesus was chosen before the foundation of the world, a fact firmly fixed in heaven to be our Savior, who would take our sins upon himself, die in our place, and his blood would pay the price of our eternal redemption. And having accomplished this through his death, the victory was proclaimed in his resurrection and confirmed by God, who exalted Jesus at his right hand as leader and Savior. The word leader is interesting. Do any of you children, or maybe older people, like swimming? Yeah? Hmm. Right. I'm going to tell you something about this word leader. Because in many translations, it's translated prince. But here in the ESV, it is leader. And that is quite accurate. If you were a sailor in those times, shipwrecks were common. So on each ship, they identified the strongest swimmer. And if the ship ran aground in a storm, he would swim to the shore 
with a rope attached to him, and if he made it ashore, he, ashore, he would fasten it securely so that all could get to safety by that rope. That person was called, in that language, an archigos. That is the word used by the apostles as they proclaimed the gospel of Jesus' victory. Jesus, our archigos, our leader, our savior for our perishing souls, made it through the storms of death, rose triumphant in resurrection, and anchored the line in heaven. An anchor of the soul, secure and firm in heaven itself, where Jesus went as our forerunner. Our salvation is forever firmly fixed in heaven. The Savior is already in heaven, and that gives me assurance that he can bring me there. A Savior not already in heaven is no Savior at all. My third verses I read are concerning you and me and our salvation being firmly fixed in heaven. I ask, is heaven your settled eternal home? You ask, how can I be saved and go to heaven? Look, we are saved by God's grace, redeemed by the shed blood of our Savior Jesus on the cross, who paid the price for our redemption. So simply, here is the answer. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Jesus, thank you that you paid the price for my sins. I accept you as my Savior. This is not a gospel of man's imagination, but the gospel of God's grace, firmly fixed in his word in heaven. One day we will stand in heaven and realize that the creator of the universe knows you and me personally as he shows you and me our names written in the Lamb's book of life. My name is there forever through all God's endless day. For he who died to put it there has put it there to stay. Hallelujah! What a Savior we have! The future promised in God's Word to every believer is true, firmly fixed in heaven. Listen, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of archangel and with the trumpet call of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall be always with the Lord. Hallelujah! The word is firmly fixed in heaven and it will be fulfilled in one moment. The old lady was right. It's a moment at a time we live. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll be escorted by Jesus, our leader, our hand in his hand, stepping ashore and finding it heaven, finding it home. As Jesus himself said, in my Father's house there are many rooms, I go to prepare a place for you and will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you also may be. It is often said, you know, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But the truth is, God said it, that settled it, and I believe it. Do you believe it or not? The gospel is God's power to salvation to everyone who believes. So turn from sin, 
turn to Christ at the beginning of this year. Whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. There is no alternative way. Hear, believe, confess, and be saved now. A couple called Trevor and Christine for several years have followed songs of praise around the country. And Trevor said that for him, the most wonderful lines are in the song, There is our Redeemer. When asked why, he replied, because the last verse isn't, perhaps I'll stand in glory, but when I stand in glory, when I stand in glory, I will see his face. That's a certainty in an absolutely uncertain world. Three things are firmly fixed in heaven. God's word, Jesus' exaltation, and our salvation. How true the words of the ancient hymn. How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Every blessing for 2023 to you all.